Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 71 of Geek Out Nerd Rage. I'm Rob. I'm joined by my normal cohorts, Josh and Will, but we have a special guest this week as well. Mr. Carrie Hill is here with us. Uh, Carrie is the writer, director, and producer of the new movie Return to Scream Park, uh, which is just started its Kickstarter campaign. So Carrie's a friend of ours, and we thought it would be great to have him come in and talk about his experience with Kickstarter last time around and uh, what he's doing now with it. So thanks for coming in, Carrie. Thanks for having me. I'm here to uh, geek out and nerd rage. <laughs> and also lose weight in our sweat bucket, uh, so the recording it's, room. It's, it's, it's good high. on all levels. It yeah. really <laughs> is. Um, so just to kind of jump right into it, you did uh, Screen Park. You funded it two years ago, or three years ago now, correct? Uh, the Kickstarter ran, and it was April 2012. Okay. Yeah. And then when was the, the movie was actually released? About a year later, is that correct? Uh, we finished the film up. It was actually the film was completed on New Year's Eve of 2012. Okay, so we did a premiere here in Pittsburgh. It was January 6, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a distributor, and it actually came out on DVD last April. Okay, so it was April 2014. It actually was released. That's awesome. And and how has that reception been since then? How's, have you found that it's been growing or has it been pretty consistent now for you no it's still growing um i mean it it certainly got further than we ever initially thought i mean the the Mm. first film was done as a proof of concept that i could write a film then get the funds make the film and then have something at the end to actually show but when we got distribution and then uh as recently as the beginning of this year we screened in london in january and Mm. then in february the film released in germany so i mean it it continues to snowball and get bigger and reach further and further that's awesome have you found that in the different areas that it's come out that the reception has been roughly the same or has there been like i would i would assume just from you know different areas of the world having different experiences with london like horror more than germany or Uh, right the germans love horror films yeah Yeah. that that would be my experience so do the brits i mean the uk actually when when screen park first started out and this was the end of 2011 when they put the project together um, when I first started getting into the social media game and we got on Twitter, um, we got really big with the UK very early. Just okay. through Twitter. For some reason, Crazy. the right. UK hmm. horror fans picked up on Twitter faster than here in the United States. Hmm. Um, when Doug Bradley came on board, of course, that just skyrocketed because, I mean, he's huge in the UK. Right, of course. With Hellraiser and everything like that. So that's been the cool thing with social media is even from the very beginning, I mean, we've touched all over the planet. Uh, reaching horror fans from you know the UK, Australia, Germany, Poland. Wow, that's Wild. awesome! Yeah, I think that's the really cool thing about social media in this day and age is you have access to everywhere, pretty much. It's really quite impressive what you can get out to now with a Twitter following and then Facebook and all the other uh, forms of social media. Um, now you do some social media. You're a social media director for some people out in Hollywood. Is that correct? Yeah, I have a, I have a few clients. Okay, um, that I do and and. Uh, I do work for them. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I learned a lot of the things just doing it on Screen Park. Okay, gotcha. Because I had to learn, I mean, it's not like I didn't know Facebook, but there's a whole different side to it when you're yeah. doing it for the purposes of a fan base. 
Um, we're we're it. learning about it to a much lesser degree. Yeah, with, with a lot this. more baby steps with us yeah, when it comes yeah. to it. But I imagine right. like uh, just the difference between the fact that you know what you can post to your friends and what you post to a community, and also the kind of responses you're going to get from your friends compared to what kind of responses you're going to get from the community. Yeah, I mean it's when it's just me and it's it's odd. I spend a lot of time on social media, but very little of it is ever towards me personally, right? Yeah. So for instance, yesterday I just threw up a picture I thought was funny on my Facebook, and it was. Uh, it was a photo of, I think it was the production of Star Wars or something. Or actually, I think it was Carrie Fisher. And it just said that Carrie Fisher uh, bugged George Lucas for a copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And she plays it at the end of her parties to get her guests to leave. <laughs> I, I have so, heard that, actually. I have heard that. I just I thought it was funny. I was like, I'll just share this. So I threw it up. Yeah. But when you're doing something like that for a fan page or someone with a following or for the purposes of something other than yourself, you have to tag and there has to be words that go with it, right? You write copy and then you tag people and then there's hashtags and everything because it has to be as visible as possible. It has to be searchable. It has to be essentially more easily obtained, even from people who aren't actually actively following that feed. Right. And it's and Facebook has actually made it tougher recently because um, a while ago, if if I ran a fan page, so if I ran the Screen Park fan page and I posted a picture, mm-hmm. it would automatically go to everybody who liked the page. Yeah, right? if, if like, I follow your page, I should automatically see the update. Originally, it's not like that anymore. Exactly. Right. So what happens is is that they have this algorithm where you only the most active people on the page get that in their feed. And then you have to pay to boost that post to actually get it into the rest of all the people that like it. So it creates this conundrum where the more likes you have, the less people actually see the stuff. It's it's so weird, but I guess it's just them attempting to capitalize on it. Yeah, they're trying to find a a revenue. They they have to make money as well. Right. But there's some ways to make money, there's some ways not to. And I I feel like this is one that people are finding, which is kind of interesting because that's why I feel like a lot of people are going back to email newsletters. It used to be email newsletters were, like, dead. Like, people just didn't use email that much. But now, as far as content goes, it's so much easier to get a consistent feed of what your, you know, what your likes are when you follow them that you can actually get newsletters now. And, and it's, it's funny better. you say that because a couple of weeks ago I actually started a newsletter for Screen Park because it was one of those things where it was, again, with Facebook – and even to an extent, Twitter and everything like that, it's like, I'm not reaching everybody, right? There's fans out there yeah. that are following us on social media that just aren't getting the updates. So I started a newsletter where we actually send out a weekly update. Which is smart, yeah. Um, a lot of the people I follow are starting to do that now because they're seeing the fact that, what, like you're saying, you're not getting consistent updates. And with Twitter, I find that's such a fast stream of information right. that if you're not looking at the right time, you're missing it. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. particularly if you're following more and more people, which, you know, I would say I follow 200-some people on Twitter, which is not a lot in comparison to some, you know, Um but that's the point, is that's not a lot compared to stuff. Right. right. So, and I, I know that I miss stuff, so I'll be scrolling back just to see, like, hey, what's happened in the time since and I And you only have so much time to scroll back. And yeah. It's like, okay, and I'm done. Particularly <laughs> at high-volume times like E3, I mean, I basically stopped looking at Twitter because everybody was tweeting about E3, and I just couldn't look at everything. Yeah, was... in those big moments, you, you are going to have just an overflow of information. Right, and, it, and that's something that I've run into as well, and that's where if you use something like Hootsuite... To sort of start to schedule things and repeat things, and it's just right, right. you have to start to manage it. And now you're fighting against yeah. the stream of and the feed of information. It's just 
it's tough. It's a struggle. Do you use a lot of that kind of stuff? Like, do you use um, a lot of stuff that parses out your your updates throughout the day, um, or do you actively like, okay, I'm posting something at two o'clock, so I'm gonna get <laughs> on social media at two o'clock and post it. I mean to do that more. Um, <laughs> I would like the to intentions more, are but there. It's just one of those things. Yeah. You know, it, it's either like, it's either a. Oh man, I haven't. I haven't posted anything in a while. What do I got? And I generally keep folders of stuff where it's like, okay, it's been a while. I better post. Yeah. And then there's the other thing where it's like, oh my God, this just happened. I got to post it right now. And then you forget that, you know, completely if you just posted something or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> my big fear is just burying stuff on the yeah. Facebook page and everything like that. It's just, it's tough. Um, and then when you, to go back to your, your question in regards to things like Kickstarter and crowdfunding, right, right. you... <clears throat> need to make the, the the online community aware of that but at the same time you don't want that to be all that your page is right yeah so if your facebook page is literally just update after update give 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 like i've actually unfollowed and unliked pages like that where it's I think just we like, all have yeah yeah right. and just, so there's a fear where it's like you want to make sure that everybody sees it and knows that it's there but at the same time you don't want to just beat people over the head and that's yeah. all they see so when i did this current kickstarter that we're running that launched 72 hours ago um i've got tons of updates parsed out and ready to go and that's cast announcements that's new perks um the t-shirts i haven't released all of the the t-shirts yet for the kickstarters we're going to be there dropping those nice. in um just just again stuff to update with um and we're still doing interviews with some of the actors i got all sorts of videos to put up that we did in preparation for this so it'll be like yeah. you know hey if you haven't seen it yet we're running a kickstarter oh by the way check out this video hey look at this t-shirt we have a, by the way if you haven't seen the kickstarter yet so it just kind of repeats that, you know, it's repeating it, but it's still giving out new information and, say, and new content. Right. To with, you know, hey, donate. Which is smart because then you're not punishing the people that were early in adopting. Yeah, like, you know, if someone pledges money and then, like, all they see for the rest of the month is, you know, hey, did you know our kicks are like, yeah, I, I already pledged. So it's right. kind of cool to give them a reason to stick around by having more content. Absolutely. Um, and I, I do love our fans. I mean, I don't want to abuse or. You know, be I mean, because I help anyone. I'm a fan as well, you know, and I, I like lots of other horror movie pages and support other films. I don't know if you guys saw Bigfoot the movie. Yeah, actually, I just watched a. Uh, I went to this fake drive-in over the weekend where fake my friend did it. He uh, projects onto the side of his uh, house. Oh, okay. Um, and he just does like B movies. And so he has like whole concession stand set up. And in between every movie, oh, he does awesome. 20 minutes of like <clears throat> ads. Like fake little like you know let's all go do the drive right right ads that's and within there he'll do trailers for stuff that is like really like just out there so he did like kung Fu, or was that kung kung fury yeah kung yeah, fury dude, he did that, that trailer awesome. <laughs> he did the trailer for bigfoot and like all this stuff so it's a really cool idea so, bigfoot the movie was great yeah. by the way I, I, <laughs> I didn't see it I saw the trailer oh I got I got the pleasure of seeing it at the drive-in um uh, that's, that's the what, actual drive-in yeah it was, sorry it was a real drive-in um and it was phenomenal Not it my was hipster cool so amazing to see um so going back really quick you mentioned that you have uh different perks that you're going to be rolling out as well and different you know levels um Going from the initial round of your Kickstarter for Screen Park into Return to Screen Park, what did you find worked really well in terms of your incentives and what didn't work out so well? What did you, what did you change going into the new one? Um, or what caught you by surprise, I guess? <laughs> the, the first time around, we actually had someone give quite a large donation um, and they got an iPad. 
Mm-hmm. So I did do it the first time around. We had an iPad as a reward, and the idea was the iPad would come preloaded with stuff. And we actually took the iPad on set and shot exclusive footage. I remember seeing oh, that in, in the perk list. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel bad. This this girl, um, thank you if you're listening, by the way. So this girl <laughs> gave us uh, a, 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 a very generous donation. donation. She got this iPad. And the idea was is that we would shoot footage with it and load it all up and everything. Well, we brought it on set because it was just easier to have it there. Um, and my assistant director was using it and was filming people and taking shots. So they, she got all sorts of exclusive content. But because it was on set for weeks, the box was just abused. Um, and we sent her this box that was dirty and blood and fake blood stained. And I mean, hey, maybe she loved it. I don't it. know. I was going to say, it's that's actually really, that's really authentic. <laughs> and it's, I mean, the iPad was still in good shape and everything like that. But just the box, I just remember bloody fingerprints all over the box stuff. And I was Dude, like, she's going to love actually this. kind of cool. I okay. think that would be cooler, actually. I, yeah, coming from like a set of a horror film, that's awesome. That's yeah. almost better it, than an it, autograph. It, I have his fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, this now was, it's getting creepy. Well, this time around. you got to make it weird. <laughs> um, I partnered with a company called Fusion of Ideas, and they do custom work. So what will happen is, is they'll do etching, they mm. do custom packaging, and they actually will preload all the iPads with the stuff and then shrink wrap it again. Oh, so cool. what happens is, is that if someone gets one of these iPads, then when they, they receive it, it's shrink wrapped brand new, and they get the... Uh, that great feeling of pulling the cellophane off and getting a brand new thing. But <laughs> to be fair, that is the best thing about being Absolutely, and they know this. So um, you get this custom iPad with the custom packaging that is really cool. Uh, if you go on the Kickstarter webpage, you can take a look and see. We're also doing um, another drawing, and this is something that, that was a lot of fun with the first Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, it actually violates their bylaws. If, yeah. you, if you look deep into the, the Kickstarter terms and conditions, you cannot run raffles or contests. Yes. I had actually put that in the Kickstarter the first time around, and they approved it. Oh. <laughs> Ten days later, when we're halfway funded, they're like, Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, you can't have this. And I'm like, oh my. I was like, but you approved it. And they said, we're going to take this down if BTW, you don't remove it. this is not allowed. So I went back in and I removed everything. But um, what happened was is that we were fully allowed to promote it outside of Kickstarter. So all over our social media and everything, we were saying, hey, look, you know, Regardless of whether you give us $5 or $5,000, you're still going to be entered into a drawing. Uh, and we had one of the actors we flew in from L.A. for the first film. Um, his name is Ogre. He's the lead singer of Skinny Puppy. He, we actually had him draw the name on camera nice. in front right, of everybody. Right. So we want to do the same thing again. So if you give $2 or you give $2,000, you'll be entered into a raffle. and We're going to get some of those custom iPads and actually do a drawing. That's awesome. Um, the guy that, Interestingly enough, the guy who won first time around didn't care for horror movies. <laughs> didn't care to really help me out, which is fine. He gave five dollars, but he won an iPad. Um, that's so. Hey, you hey, know, if you, I mean, that's if the you nature of an iPad, exactly, exactly. It's very so, surprising though. He gave five dollars. You know, he didn't care about the thing at all. Or like, he well, was just his chance. To, not in, to I guess that's not entirely true. I, I don't really know what prompted him. It may have just been, hey, I'm going to enter it in, or maybe you know, there's people on Kickstarter that are just like. Yeah, all right. This guy earned it, and they'll, they'll give the minimum thing, and that's cool because I I backed stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he gave five dollars, and I I said congratulations, you won. He was like, oh great, but this is someone I've never heard from again in terms of like you know how the movie social media, yeah, yeah, right? Like and that's fine, you know. It, thank you. I mean, it, it <laughs> thank you to that person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, five bucks, you got an iPad. So maybe this time around, it could be the same sort of thing. Someone gives two dollars, and they get an iPad. And they get an iPad. <laughs> well, they a custom guess. iPad. So. Um, when does production start on this one? Because it, you're doing this different than you did the last one. You're yes. Saying. Yes. Uh, the first time around, um, we ran a Kickstarter for finishing funds. The film was already sort of in production. We were already on set filming when the Kickstarter was coming to an end. Right. And you um, set a goal for 5000 on that one, and you got ten. Ten thousand 
200 and something 38 something like that um, <laughs> and it was, 12 cents. but it was like 200 and some percent to go which was awesome right um this time around it's a little different and the reason is is because uh well when we're asking for more we're asking for 125,000, and it seems like a lot saying that number but in terms of doing a low budget film it's really no not that's not at all no. i mean any type of movie like you know um, how low budget that's still <laughs> and you know we're upping the ante it's we have a, an entire effects company uh-huh. Handling practical effects, makeup effects, blood effects, and everything like that, just because there's so much. Yeah. In the film, um, you know, we're working with a casting agency. We've got, uh, we've upgraded the cameras. We're going with Reds. Oh, oh sweet! Right. So we're wow. gonna be shooting 4K and, and all this kind of stuff. But the reason why I did it this way, um, it's just it's been tough to raise funds, and that's just the nature of the beast. You know, Red the first Bush. film came in at forty thousand. A quarter of that was raised from Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I put in a quarter of that, and the rest was, you know, goodwill and family and friends and and all that. Um, interestingly enough, we actually ran Indiegogo six months before the Kickstarter to oh, try to raise some funds. Um, we can get back to that, but uh, this time around, going to try to raise the actual bulk of production funds. Now, this is not what the whole movie is going to cost. This is what it's going to take for us to get it in the can. Okay. Right? This is day one, shoot it, get the footage together, and actually get a rough edit, right? Um, and then go from there because. When you're doing this this kind of project, the hardest thing is production because you've got, you know, an army of people that need to be coordinated, locations, everything, right? It's the biggest thing. Of when, course. When the film is shot and back in the can and, and I have a rough edit, then it, I can spend time with it. I can tweak it. And then piece by piece, we can go into sound. We can go into color correction and things like that. I don't need armies of people. Yeah. So I'm looking at your breakdown right here yeah. of the, uh, the budget. And I'm actually really surprised that crew is so small compared to talent is that because you're actually getting like you noticed yeah Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead finish your thought well in my mind i would think as far as especially your movie like it's less people on screen at one time so i figured Uh the talent would be less than the crew because i feel like the crew would be pretty big the the crew is not necessarily as big that doesn't mean that they're less important or anything Ah. like that um the reason why talent is as high as it is is because we're courting several recognizable names. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, I am not at liberty. I wish I were. Oh, God. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I could tell you. I wish I could tell you the people's agents that I'm talking to to get them attached to this film. Is this the first time you've had to talk to agents like, like for a movie? Like, um, this? like with Screen Park 1, I don't think you... I did. There was one agent actually oh, really? okay. that I Whoa. talked to. This time around, it's been a little bit tougher. Yeah, um, I've had help though. I have a I have a co producer this time around. Her name is Melissa Rotonto, and she's based out of L A. Um, and she's helped immensely with awesome. that. Um, but the reason why that that talent portion is so big is because when you want to bring in recognizable faces mm-hmm. for your horror movie, it's just going to cost more, and that's going to include travel and putting it up and things like that. Um, because ultimately, and this is something I learned in the first film, uh, is if you have a finished film, it could be the greatest film since Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. right? And But when you take it to Walmart and you say, I have the greatest film since Citizen Kane, <laughs> you you guys would, will sell a million copies. They'll sit down and they'll ask you who's in it. The first question That's they'll ask, yeah. who's in it? Who's in it? Yeah. And then if, if they don't recognize the name, you're in trouble. Yeah. They've lost interest. It doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how well it's shot. And that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. And it's not their fault. I mean, when you go into Walmart, they only have so much space, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why if you go look at the horror section of, of Walmart, it's all Danny Trejo's, Tony Todd's, you know, all the recognizable names. And that's pretty much it. Because I find it's either that or it's recognizable production studios that are known for like 
You mean the asylum? Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, look, this is the one production company that they always carry, and you know, right? It's just like they have some sweet deal or something like that. Um, and that's just and that's just how it is. I mean, I I love the people that have been cast so far. I think it's awesome. I I can't stress this enough. And and people are just like, yeah, 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 it's your movie. But this movie's gonna be amazing. <laughs> if it's made. it's gonna be so much damn fun. You're like, yeah, it's um, you know, it's it, it, people are calling it, you know. The people that have read the script, did you read it? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm not really? done with it. Okay. I am, I'm definitely halfway through, and Do I you... already skimmed over the whole thing first, and then I'm like, okay, let's go back and actually read hardcore. Let's, let's did you face. detect a Scooby-Doo element to it? People are telling yeah, me I that mean, there's, there's a little bit of Scooby-Doo. I mean, it's... Yeah. It calls itself out. Mm-hmm. It's not... I'm not naive. <laughs> I'm not stupid. It's not... You know, there's kids in a van, yeah. for God's sake. It definitely has a little bit different feel, I feel like, than the first movie did. Right. It, it very much does so, because the first film was low budget low low budget and it was just a traditional slasher film where it's kids doing something they're not supposed to be doing someone comes in and kills them so the only thing that made it a little bit different was the the concept that really interested me was the idea that it was staged on purpose for the purposes of selling more tickets yeah right it's a publicity stunt um this movie With no morals <laughs> no way. right I guess but, okay. but you know actually not to go too far off subject but it's that was sort of reinforced by an article that I read in the New York Post prior to writing the sequel where it was talking about this souvenir shop that was erected on the site of the two towers. Mm-hmm. It's a 9-11 memorial souvenir shop. Jeez. And it's at ground zero. And you go into this souvenir shop and it's selling buttons and hats and shirts. How has it not been like egged or like, you well, know, Well, I know the family. Well, here's, here's, the, mo- of, here's yeah. the, the gruesome part of it, right? I mean... There's kind of this uneasy feeling where you walk into this and you can buy a shirt commemorating 9-11. And it's like, yeah, like it feels weird. Yeah. But if you go, they have a crypt underneath where they actually have remains. What? Yeah. So messed up. Yeah, it is. It really is. So So messed up. When I read this, I was like, oh, my God. You know, this is... You're you're capitalizing, you're commercializing this kind of thing. I was like, wow, that was what the first screen park was about. So the second one takes it a step further. This park's been reopened. Uh-huh. There's a company that's bought it and is actually doing that exact same thing. The souvenir shop in the park in the second film has all this merchandise from the first movie. That's cool. <laughs> uh, that's really, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's things like chalk outlines on the ground <laughs> where, where kids were killed in the first film, but it's part of the attraction, right? You know, like when you go to Kennywood, Over here with you'll sit Jimmy. on the bench next yeah. to the old man and you get your picture taken. But now there's like a chalk outline on the ground where you can get your picture taken next to the chalk outline. It's that same sort of thing. Um, lay inside the chalk outline. Honey. That's delicious. People who have read it are like, yeah, it's awful, up. but I I believe it, right? Well, I believe this actually could exist. Totally could be a thing. Right. It's not that big of a leap to like right. imagine you know marketing going that far or you know publicity going that far. Well, and I I hearken back to I mean you know people are like oh yeah, that wouldn't happen or if people have feel like it's a stretch. I mean look at the Romans. You know you had gladiators, you had yeah, throwing yeah. Christians to the lions and being eaten in front of a bunch of people. So it's like the spectacle's always been there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is not necessarily outside the blood of of humanity, right? I mean this is it's it, it's more plausible than people think. But that was the idea that really brought me to the second one. But in terms of the tone, it's it is more lighthearted because these kids are, you know, it's a very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it is it, it, the tone is much lighter even though the concept the the subject matter and the content is much darker yeah. and sinister mm-hmm. the tone of it's lighter so and that's what i really want to see on the screen because that's the part that is really exciting and are you getting to go back and film at the same location you filmed at Kanye Kanye Lake? Lake Park we're yeah. trying um, they underwent a management change mm-hmm. uh, okay. last that year makes it awkward. yeah and so we're just we're trying to negotiate and figure it out now the entire film does not take place in the park Okay. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not there. I mean, I'm prepared to do it. However, yeah, I mean, whatever I've even, needs to be done. <laughs> right. I mean, there's other locations that we can use. I've even flirted with the idea of using either green screen or rear projection. Mm-hmm. You know, take plates, right, right, background right. plates of the park, and then either project them or composite them behind the actors. And there's going to be fog and everything to kind of mud it up. I mean, actually. Part of me would really like to see it done. Like, have you ever seen any of those Universal monster movies from the oh, 30s yeah, and 40s? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, it's obviously a set with a painted background <laughs> and there's fog, right? Yeah. It's, it's cheesy slash it looks really awesome at the yeah. same time. So the, Those times where you, like, see someone in a car and there's just, like, a video playing behind them right, to yeah. make it look like they're driving. <laughs> or they're, or they're walking and they bump a tombstone and it almost falls over. Yeah, and, right. Uh, that, it would actually be really cool to do it that way. And, you know, I mean, it may come down to that. Right. But, at, uh, at, at that point, it can. it's also paying homage to those types of films yeah. and yeah. you know what really got you into the genre in general because right. if you were watching those as a kid <laughs> i mean that's what was there right so another thing i noticed on, on the kickstarter was that you have a setup where it's only going to be funded if you hit your goal right, right. And so that's generally how kickstarter works versus indiegogo which is the other big platform indiegogo um their system works, you keep what you raise. Yes. If you do not hit your goal, they take a larger chunk of it, but you okay. still get to keep it. I didn't know that part of it. Mm-hmm. If you hit your goal on Indiegogo, they take less. Okay. Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. I um, thought they switched that though recently. I thought so too, but when I went to do it, there was no option. Okay, gotcha. Uh, there was talk, I believe, of, of Kickstarter going that route, but I guess that their model and their sort of yeah. I mean, take I, on it. I feel like that's a safer model for the users or for the contributors because then you know you're going to get a product. It is, and that's actually the reason why I went with Kickstarter. Well, one of two reasons. One, Kickstarter's traffic base is way bigger, way bigger. than Indiegogo. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they have people that just kind of regularly browse Kickstarter. Oh, what you know, what's on it this month? Blah, blah, I have blah. the Kickstarter app on my phone because I'm like, you know what, everyone's want. I like just going on the Kickstarter and looking yeah. at cool new projects. Yeah, and it's they have much larger traffic. They have much larger audience i suppose versus indiegogo the word on the street for indiegogo is is that basically yeah it's great you get to keep whatever you raise but indiegogo does not have near the traffic the kickstarter does Mm -hmm. in fact if you want people to give to your indiegogo you have to drive them people don't stumble upon it on indiegogo it's definitely um, traffic you're pushing towards it right and and then it's kind of like go fund me you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing where it's like you have to direct people um the other reason is is uh it would be a great strain on me if I did Indiegogo and we raised, I don't know, a quarter of what we actually needed. Mm-hmm. Now I still don't have enough money to make the movie, but now I owe all these perks to all these folks. And if I were one of them, I'd want my stuff. Yeah. So now I still don't have enough money, but now I, I'm beholden to fulfilling all of these rewards. So with Kickstarter, um, I get the traffic, I get the, the visibility, and then if we hit it, great. Everything's financed, we're moving forward, and all the perks are going to be paid for and people are going to get them mm-hmm. because... If it's finance, we're moving forward. Yeah. They're going to get their product. If we don't hit it, then nobody gets charged, and that's it. In which case, it's back to the drawing board with the project. But it'll most likely be delayed quite a bit mm-hmm. um, until an alternate source of financing is found. Or I go off and make something else that's successful, and we circle back around. Yeah, can I use that to feed this? Right. 
Yeah, and, and that's definitely a good way to go about it. I, I think it's a lot more um, honest to the, the people that are backing the, the, the project as well. It's saying, hey, you know what? I want to make this. I want to make this product for you, and, and this is how we would go about it. If it doesn't get to that point, all right, we'll we'll come back and it'll be back to the drawing board. But you know, at least we'll nobody will have come out at a loss. Right. At that yeah. Point. Nobody's charged if the if the the limit's not reached. Right. If the goal's not reached. So it's not like uh, you know, I I don't have a movie. I don't have the funds to go forward with the movie. But I also owe two hundred people Blu-rays. And it's like you know. Right. Um, did you find that with the last film that the uh, fulfillment of perks was a, a lot larger and a lot more time consuming than you originally thought? Oh my thought? god, the, there is not <laughs> enough art. Like no one has actually come out and stated how much work it is fulfilling. I feel like that perks. has to be the hardest. It is, um, and, the, and and that's the part that's not the fun part. The fun part's making well, the movie. Well, yeah. Well, it, it's fun. Well, it's it's fun. fun, and fun. it's a it's a special kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but fulfilling well, yeah. rewards, it's it's last time around, it was me in a basement with a thousand cardboard boxes and big bags of packaging and printing out labels, and I can't tell you how many times I drove to the post office, right? Because you know you just you became best friends moves. with whoever was there. Uh, well, luckily the post office has that automated thing where you just tap the screen real fast. But I know where all the buttons were, so I had yeah, it down. I didn't even have to boop, look, boop, 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 you know. Yeah. And then you slap the muscle. At that point, you're asleep because you're tired. It's <laughs> doing it for three days, and <laughs> it's well. When I did our our uh, the company books for the taxes, at the end of that year, I went back through the, the finance statements, and it was like. Post office, post office, post office, post office, post office. <laughs> I was like, my God, how many trips did I actually make? Um, and one of the things you had asked me beforehand, what I learned or mistakes that were made the first time around, um, a big one, and you know, again, when I ran it in 2012, it was still kind of new. Right, of course. So I, I got to be a pioneer that way. But um, I didn't collect anything for shipping for international backers oh, and uh i realized go. that people who gave 15 or 20 dollars for a dvd i'd package it you know it cost me a dollar 50 for the the bubble envelope and everything and i'd go to the post office to mail it and shipping would be 15 or 20 dollars i'm like that's how much they gave so it's like <laughs> i'm losing out on this like, because i'm actually cost paying <laughs> them for this movie right now <laughs> right it's, my foot it's got this hole uh, in it and it's not their happen. fault you know the people no, in no, spain and greece and yeah. germany and they just want the movie fault. right it was my fault yeah. for not thinking to charge them shipping you know if i lived in one of those countries and i saw this kickstarter like oh my god yeah free <laughs> shipping across, oh, the, yes. across the globe yeah, yeah. Um, but that's one of those mistakes, you know. I, I won't make again, just because I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I, I'm paying out of pocket for shipping because I didn't right. have the foresight Sorry, to do it. <laughs> yeah, we we have a friend that just uh, released a merchandise. He basically has a little plushie that he's selling now, and he's doing mailing it all out himself. And he had, going into it, he at least had the foresight to think about like, okay, I need to worry about international shipping, mm-hmm. and he's doing it through Amazon and eBay. So at least they're handling a lot of it in terms of shipping, but it, it can definitely. How much was the initial? Like, how many did he get initially? Like five hundred. Yeah, it's like two that? to five hundred, something like that. And he's like boxing them all up himself, yeah. which is really really tough. I I just want to call Josh out for being awesome because I was sitting here. I, I, I was sitting here watching him do it. I was sitting here while we were getting ready, and you were doing audio level checks, and I'm yeah. sitting there. I'm like. 
how what great promotion would it be to get a pledge while I'm talking about the Kickstarter? <laughs> and Mr. Josh Brokaw pledge. I want to thank you, sir. Um, no problem. I, I was I literally like sitting, sitting here as he pulls out his debit card. I'm just like, that's why I started laughing. Like, ah, I'm just I like, see what's Josh. happening here. And thanks to Josh Brokaw, we have now crossed the $2,100 line. Woo-hoo! We're on our way. Um, Go, Josh. Well, I think that this time around, you know, if we're successful, there's going to be a lot of perks because when you totally. try, when you raise this much money, mm-hmm. and you know, the, a lot of the 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 reward levels. This is something I wanted to do this time. There's multiple rewards. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a couple copies of the movie, or it's a couple posters, a couple shirts, a couple you know, it's a bunch of stuff. Um, and I plan on totally utilizing that USPS five dollar shipping box where it's like the oh, right. ships, right? That's, so yeah, that's, that's gonna be awesome. Um, but <laughs> I, there will probably be a a box stuffing party in which case I'll buy pizza put on music everybody we go, we go get a big table somewhere and for hours everyone just yeah. packages pot, you know he just sits somewhere you know and then you take some pictures and, and everything and you post it on Facebook hey look we're giving you your stuff um, <laughs> here's your stuff right. it'll be here sooner than if I'd done it by myself <laughs> exactly and I you know I yeah, the first time around, it got to the point where it was taking me so long that people were messaging me going, hey, did you ship this out yet? Yeah. I'm like, I'm almost there. We're going alphabetically, and your last name begins with a Z. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like you take a picture of it and like, here is your thing. Yeah. I have coming. it. It is not being held hostage. Well, no, but I actually I actually did do that um, for our Indiegogo. <laughs> I got a message. A gentleman was like, hey, you know, did I get my name in the credits? That was, yeah. And so I actually put the movie on my TV, fast forward to the credits. When his name came up, I took a screenshot of it of my TV with my phone and I emailed him like yep you're in there that's perfect you get your movie next month um, that's great I, and I'll be honest with a couple of things that I've backed that are films it is nice seeing your name in the credits it's yeah. that little thing it, like absolutely. special thanks and I was like oh look there, there I go well, this time around we're, we're, we're going further than that um, some of the lower ones you'll get your name at the end of the credits if you go with a producer credit it goes in the front of the film right at the top and there's one level that one's already gone there's two left where you actually appear in the film. Ooh. Um, Which level is that? $750. Oh, Josh is like, you get, my you get all the goodies, but <laughs> you will saying. actually appear in the film as part of a news report. So oh, okay. in the film, oh, right. the, the, the park's being reopened and the news is there and they're, they're uh, interviewing locals talking about, uh, you know, what do they think about the park? Most of the locals are not happy with it. Now, this is where that Scooby-Doo element comes in yes. because somebody's killing these kids working in the park. So, Misdirection. You're supposed to think. Well, is it is it one of these angry locals? Is it is it Mr. Johnson uh, that's doing it? But so there's enough of those where we can. And this is something that say you know you lived in Alaska. You could go out in your yard and shoot. Oh, you know I. It's terrible they're opening this park. Blah 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 blah. And then you send it to me, and I can actually insert it in the film. Right. And it's going to be on a TV that all of the the actors are going to be watching. That's cool. That's a cool idea. I like that. Um. Well, for seven hundred and fifty dollars, Josh, you can be uh, in the film. Well, you do. You he's financing a Millennium Falcon. He's <laughs> yeah. What a yeah. real one? I'm building a thirty-five inch by twenty-four inch Millennium Falcon over the course of the next two years. Yeah, it's like payments of like fifty to sixty bucks a month for two years. You're building it? Yeah, yeah, it comes in a kit. So it's like you oh, get like okay. that month's they, kit and you build that part of it. So it doesn't like fit on your car and you can drive it around. It's, it's, I mean, you could bolt it to the roof of like your car, I guess. I mean, I, you know what? Forget my film. I want to make a documentary <laughs> about you building the Millennium Falcon. It's, 
we've been go. talking about can it. Can we get like a stop weeks. motion? <laughs> can you just actually like break it down and start rebuilding? He's got it, the cockpit so far. Yeah, it's, it's and weird. then I can walk in and go, "What a piece of junk!" <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, go on with the more. Like, oh, it's like from the, the. I got it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. It's that line from that movie. It's that thing so, that we enjoy. One thing I actually just uh, thought of because as I was looking at your perks, and I, I find myself doing this mostly with all. Uh, Kickstarters is I look for the one that actually has the product like the the, the thing like okay where is oh, the right. movie what what level does do I get thing at do I get the thing at and that's usually the level I go for <laughs> no I'm the exact same way yeah um, I think a lot of people are I mean but is that what you find though is that what most people go for that you've seen from like the um, last one and then this one it's it's a mix because this is a sequel and there's a lot of people that are fans of the film and are that are backing the project mm-hmm. that already have either the first Kickstarter copy, which has a special cover, um, mm-hmm. or... And, that, and that's one of the things with the perks. Perks of this one were easier and harder. Easier because we had a lot more material, okay. right? Um, we have the figure that's made by... It's handcrafted mm-hmm. by uh, a guy out of Chicago that makes these clay figures. So oh, that's the awesome. Iggy, the Iggy, uh, right. It, oh, it, yeah, it's the you. guy... Yeah, the killer from the first film, right? He's about six inches, and it's handcrafted, hand-painted. And I have one. I actually have a bunch of this guy's work. It's taking over my bookcase slowly because they're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but it's stuff like that that we can offer because of the first film because it'll appeal to the fans of the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, we're offering a limited edition VHS copy of the first film. And you <laughs> want to go awesome. hardcore 80s. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I actually saw that. I was like, that's really cool. I don't have a freaking VHS well, player. Well, <laughs> it's meant to go on your shelf. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's supposed to we, just be... We have a VHS player somewhere? Somewhere, uh, I'm sure. I have one. And house, then there's a vinyl bedroom. copy of yeah uh, the uh, soundtrack it's it's a demo of the score okay um it will not it'll be different than what's actually in the film and this is the only way you're ever going to hear this but it's composed by christian kriegescott oh really yeah Yeah. our good friend uh yeah out of brooklyn new york um and he's got some friends in the biz, and, and it's going to be an actual orchestra. It's he did per- the first movie, too, didn't he? He did the, parts of it. He did the opening score. Okay, that's right. Um, he was very busy, and he was he was unavailable yes. to actually score the rest of it. But he gave us that opening score. But this time around, he'll actually score the whole thing. Yeah, that's he, awesome. he's doing composition pretty much full-time now. Yeah. Right? Though he, he, he does have a, a side he's, job. Um, he's a musical freak in yeah. the sense that it's oh, I, like I went to college uncanny. with him. I'm, yeah. I that, mean, that's why I got to know all of you guys is because he brought me into <laughs> into this world of nerddom. He, he's a very talented chap. Let's just yes. leave it yes. at that. But it's just, it's ridiculous some of the stuff. But I mean, he, we were talking about, you know, it's it's prog rock. Mm-hmm. So, which will bring to mind the Goblin score from the original Dawn of the Dead or nice, Phantasm, nice. that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. it's a combination of synthesizer, real instruments, and we were even discussing laying... Um, the organ, the pipe organ from Heinz Chapel here in Pittsburgh, oh, nice. over part of it. Sweet. So you have yeah. this that would be film epic. that has. So the film has sinister elements that are are very sort of macabre, but then you've got the lightheartedness of the characters. But then you have this gothic prog rock score <laughs> over it. Um, man, do I want to see this movie? <laughs> you're, you're just putting everything it's, in there. Yeah, it's. Um, he 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 does he does fantastic work. Yes, but and, no, I, and it I, was his idea to do the vinyl, and I when he told me that. It would come as a 12-inch blood red disc. And I'm in. That's yeah. what, actually that's yeah, the first yeah, thing yeah. I was scrolling through, and I, I saw like, the vinyl. I'm like, I like vinyl. Really and I saw nice. the red. I was yeah. like, Does it awesome. play a hidden message when you <laughs> scroll it backwards? I, I, I've, um, I've performed. It Christians. says buy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I've performed Christian's music before. I actually in, in a couple of different venues, but 
I've done uh, work with him on a video game, actually. He did the score yes. for a cabinet video game That's right. called Nicktoons Nitro. Yep. Nice. That's and right. I am that in like the soundtrack music. for that nice, as nice. the trombone player. <laughs> he sent me his demo. I'll have to go back and listen to that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, um, and that too. But to go back to what you said, yeah. So almost all of the levels will contain a copy of Return to Screen Park, but it's been bundled with both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the $100 level seems to be the most popular because you get both films on Blu-ray. Yes. And this is the thing that people have really asked for because Blu-ray is very expensive. Yeah, definitely. It is. And from a distribution standpoint, it's not very lucrative on a limited run. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put out Transformers 7, you'll probably sell enough Blu-rays to make it worth it. But everybody, as you guys know, is switching to streaming. Digital. Yeah. Or digital, digital services. Right. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Blu-rays... Heyday lasted all of probably a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I it was I, really hot, and it won the won the high def wars, and then now yeah, now we're on to streaming. Yeah, yeah. HD DVD died, and right. Blu-ray I think won. The infrastructure and... caught up, and yeah, I'm well, still on laser. Now yeah. you said that you're going to be shooting in 4K <laughs> for the digital versions. Are those going to be available in 4K? Oh, that's a great, great question. I don't know yet. Um, it will absolutely be 4K for any theater screenings we do of course awesome because you can tell you definitely can that's one thing i've always noticed with uh lower budget movies is like you know hey we're going to do a screen release and you know, watch you're like it looks Ooh. better on tv well <laughs> you know for the first screen park we shot it on dslr i was shot on 1080p yeah right and when we did the standard def conversion for dvd it's like yeah okay it looks like a low budget film but when you watch it in hd or soon to be on Blu-ray. Oh my God! It looks a lot it's a better. Totally different film. Really? Yeah. It it absolutely looks like a different movie when it's on HD. Okay. So for people who haven't seen the first movie and who are want to watch that before going into this, mm-hmm. is there a way? Like, what what's the best way of getting your movie right now? If, just... uh, if you want a disc, Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Noble, Fye. Uh, Fry's Electronics, generally all those sites Pretty much carry it. physical disc, yes. Right, and you can go to wildeyereleasing.com, the distributor that put it out, and they have it as well. If you're more like you guys, if a streaming or digital fan, it's available on Google Play and iTunes. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, so you could go to iTunes and rent it or buy it if or you buy. wanted. Cool. Yeah. Neat. I remember um, it was when you were first putting it out, it was a big deal to get it up on both Google Play and iTunes. It was really an awesome thing to have it in both places and have it available for people digitally to get it. For me, it was going full circle. I worked for Apple for so long. Mm-hmm. And you know, I made the film, and it was like, wow, this would be great if I could get it on iTunes. And then it was available, and I was like, wow, this is it. We've gone full circle. <laughs> We've made like, it. I, ah. I, I worked for Apple, and then now I'm selling it on Apple's Yeah, platform. it's like now they're, they're you know, selling um, my product. <laughs> right, and there was a big fear at the time because I was still employed when I was working on the film. And as you know, mm. Apple has that IP clause buried in their contracts where it's like if you create something while you're an employee, yeah. they have right of first refusal. I mean, they can claim it's theirs. And I, I was panicked. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, but don't see my movie, bro. My lawyer assured me that it was like it's gonna be okay. That you know, it's not comp- it's not competing, it's not interfering, it's not anything like that. The so, um, <laughs> that's a film. I, I think it's I think it's I Massacre. I think is what it's called. Lower lowercase <laughs> lowercase lower I. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Oh, yeah. Um, question about your the artwork. Uh, the the, the awesome picture of the what do you call it? Which one? The horse. Oh, yes. Merry-go-round horse. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for, merry-go-round. Uh, like who did that? Where did it come from? So um, I've always loved that, yeah. It's gorgeous, and there's yeah. no other words for it. Cool. That was a local artist named Rhonda Libby. Okay. Rhonda painted that in oils. Um, 
she had a very she came up with a couple concepts and that one was just a knockout. I love it. Like uh, you had that for the first movie too, right? Yeah. Like, so that's what I thought. And and this caused some confusion the first time around because when we finished the film, we didn't have a distribution deal. It took it would take another six months to actually get a company to pick it up. You know, as I shopped it around. In the meantime, we had to fulfill Kickstarter orders and. Um, we wanted to kind of get the film out there, so there were there was a run of three hundred DVDs mm-hmm. that were done with that as the cover, okay. of course. Um, because when Wild Eye put it out, that the artwork had to be changed. Um, mm. It wasn't them, it wasn't me, it was it was the the actual big box retailers. Oh, really? They would like artwork that looks like other artwork. And, oh, okay. You know, and this is to Rhonda's credit. Okay. That artwork is so distinct. Uh huh. And I've never met anyone who didn't like it and thought yeah. that it was, you know... I think they, it was freaking I, awesome. I want to see a figurine that like, uh, designed that way. That's not a bad idea. I wonder what it would take to get something like that done. Or an actual um, merry-go-round with that. <laughs> oh, that, Rhonda's actual painting, the original hand-painted, is up on Kickstarter. There's one. It's a $1,500 perk. There's one available, and you get the actual painting. That's awesome. Um, we'll ship you Rhonda's painting, and it's yours to hang on your wall. There's no words or anything. It's just literally black. With the horse and the knife. Um, That's, that, I mean, like I said, that horse it just looks. So before cool. it's over, I may have to actually buy that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, they're under my wife's name. Um, <laughs> but that that actually, it's it's gorgeous. Um, she did a phenomenal job. Rhonda does a lot of artwork for games. Uh huh. Mm. Um, if you've ever seen, or they, there's the uh, the Call of Cthulhu card game. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, the collectible um, card game. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's done some art for that. Really? Some of those oh, cards that's are hers. Yeah, if you go awesome. to her her website, you can actually see cool. some of her artwork. But she's done a lot of those cards. We have to write down all of the links. We're gonna have to have. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you have a lot of links to do. From I, 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 I can, I'll send you an email. That sounds um, great. But uh, when, no, she does a fantastic job. And, and a lot of this, obviously, you found people here in Pittsburgh that you've been able to kind of partner with yeah. in terms of. You know, adding in extra elements. Obviously, with Christian when he was still here for the first one, doing the music, and now Rhonda with you know the painting and stuff yep. like that. Um, have you found that in Pittsburgh the uh, talent availability has been pretty good, or because we're seeing more and more that films are being made here in Pittsburgh, even bigger budget films? Yeah, unfortunately. That, that with a bigger budget, they ship most people in. Right. And that's sad. Yes. Now, Which makes sense, right. That being said, there's a phenomenal artistic uh, neighborhood here mm-hmm. um, of artists, musicians, filmmakers. And this was my first go using a, uh, a casting agency downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used Doherty. Okay. Yep. Uh, I know of Doherty. And yeah. they have been phenomenal. Hmm. Um, the people that they've helped me find to bring into this cast are wonderful. And that's again. I'm excited about this project because I want these these guys to be in it. Um, and of course, Pittsburgh Dad's in it. Kurt Wooten. Oh, he's going to be in it. He's oh, in okay. it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Kurt. Yeah, Kurt's going to play a beach bum stoner. Okay, uh, that sounds about it. right. Yeah. No, he's. <laughs> here's the thing. You know, to go back to like big. He's in big Bigfoot. Kurt's comedic timing is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, he's very funny. Um, and so he's going to be the the comedic relief of the film. But you know, I mean, he's just part of this circle of incredibly talented people that. If you're not from here, you don't really realize is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I try to utilize Pittsburgh as much as possible. Of course, yeah. This time around, we've expanded. You know, we've got people helping us out of Brooklyn, out of L.A., out of Chicago. You know, there's other artists involved. Um, but no, I, I try to keep things as close to home as possible. Very cool. Well, I think we're getting close to wrapping up because I know you've got some places to be as well today. So never a dull wanna, moment. And never that, a dull this moment. This room is getting really super hot. That and it, yep, it is Actually, warming it was, up. I don't 
don't know. This isn't as bad as it usually is. Like, this, maybe it's this side this of the is, room. This <laughs> he, is comfortable. He also weighs like about 20 pounds and it's nothing but skin. Yeah, bone doesn't bone. sweat. Yeah, exactly. you're not kidding. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to either talk about alongside the movie? Anything that um, you really want people to know about alongside this new Kickstarter campaign? Anything like social that? Social media links, or not links, oh, but yeah. handles, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Facebook and Twitter is where we're most active. Okay, so it's, you know, facebook.com slash, I think it's actually slash Screen Park Movie still. Twitter is at Screen Park Movie. We just got on Instagram, which I'm having a blast with. I didn't use Instagram much, but it's... Right. I, I love Instagram, actually. I. It's so simple. Yep. It's so simple. Very straightforward. Um, our Instagram handle is return to Screen Park. Cool. If you Google Screen Park, you're going to find a zillion hits. Our social media should come up. And then we, we just launched a new webpage called returntoscreenpark.com where you can actually sign up for the, the, the newsletter. And there's stuff that actually comes out in the newsletter before it shows up in social media, right? So there's actually an advantage to being in the newsletter because you're going to get ahead of the curve announcements you get the new stuff first yep. and you also get stuff that you know you're actually going to get like we were talking about before right letters are where if that's where to go now yep. i feel like it's newsletters oh uh, no and, and it's i use uh, mailchimp for that if you guys have ever oh, used yeah, yeah, yeah. a phenomenal website it makes life so much easier yeah. um kickstarter of course there's the main kickstarter link for return to screen park that's on there um and i'll send you the rest you guys can publicize i got you know all the artists and all definitely. the people involved and everything definitely um, definitely please of do course, we're on imdb yeah, I was actually looking at your the IMDb page for the original. Now, with the second one, are they allowing you to put it up beforehand this time around? Yeah, IMDb will let you... Because I know that was something with the last one that they couldn't because you didn't have a production company. Yeah, it. so if you, if I were to you know just be like, you know what, I'm going to make a movie mm-hmm. someday, and I go on IMDb to, to add it, that someday I'm going to make a movie, they won't take it. Yeah. Um, they want to know if it's before pre-production meaning it's either in development or it's a script level or something like that there has to be a production company involved or they won't bother and it's just kind of to keep track and keep yeah, the, the filter out yeah, right it's, it's a filter, filter out the you know makes so because my production company was established on imdb with the first film we were able to put up return to screen park and awesome, it is actually awesome. in pre-production so the status is correct but it, you look the cast list is much longer already um, and we're not even done yet. <laughs> That's so fantastic. there's a lot more people involved. Is there anyone that hasn't been announced that you can tell us here? Well, uh, about two hours ago, we announced that John Amplis just came on board. And now John is a faculty member at Point Park University, mm-hmm. but he's most known for being in the Romero films. George Romero's oh, Creep right. Show, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and he was Martin. Um, but John's a great guy and excited to have him on board. Again, it's it's playing that Pittsburgh card. Right, of course. Trying to have uh, as many people as possible. Um, nice. No, it's... Uh, unfortunately, the other people that are still sort of in negotiations or in a holder holding pattern... Oh, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Well, um, we don't want to jinx it either. So yeah, exactly. Right, we don't want to jinx it. It's exactly also... So. It, it's being tactful when you don't of mention yeah. those things. No, it's, you don't want to... Um, Tip, uh, you know, tip your hand or say, you know, hey, we can, we're really recording this person and then it doesn't happen. Well, that's how, you, well, that's how you lose leverage. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. if I say, you know, we got Tom Cruise for this movie, but it hasn't been announced yet, Tom Cruise could be like, well, my offer just went up. Now, <laughs> yes. you're, now you're stuck because you announced that he's yeah. in the film. People think he's going to be filmed. Now I cost more. Um, but I will say that there's a lot of twists and turns towards the end of the film. There's going to be people popping up that's going to be shocking folks, I think. Uh, they're not going to see it coming. 
Excellent. So, it's hard to allude to all the great yeah. stuff without giving away too much. So I Don't also love the shirts I'm looking at. I'm looking at this <laughs> Facebook page right now. Is Waiting in line at Screen Park is murder. What's murder? Yeah. And, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, those awesome. are the two shirts. <laughs> Waiting in line for Screen Park was murder. So these shirts are actually going to be in the movie in uh-huh. the souvenir shop. That's great. So one of them is... Uh, Waiting in line at Screen Park was murder. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, I went to Screen Park and all I got was murdered. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. So, all right, then. They're, they're great shirts. That's great. Well, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. It was a, it was a joy oh. talking with you about yeah, this. Yeah, no, I, this, this is a hoot, man. Thanks Ooh. for having me. Yeah, of I course. I appreciate it. And maybe after production or yeah. like that, see, please feel uh, free to come back. Like, you know, oh, my God. I'll, yeah, just let me know. We'll I'm happy back. to come back. Yeah, we'll look back at this. <laughs> Um, and hopefully and laugh and, and hopefully be, and hopefully it'll be more towards the winter, so it'll actually be cool in here. Oh my god, <laughs> freezing nice. icicles! It could actually get really cold in here. Really, it, it has its yeah. moments, but I never complained about the cold. I don't care. I, yeah. I just remember these moments. I was <laughs> like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming in, and as always, everyone, GG. GG, guys. GG. Thank you.